Hello. 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 <laughs> Sorry, third party. Third She's party. new. <laughs> um, welcome to It's Not an Allegory. I'm Pam. This is my lovely co-host, Aaron McDonald, and our special guest, who actually we talked about having at the beginning of this whole podcast, mm-hmm. and then we, just, for some reason, haven't for the last yet. two years. So, yeah, yeah, for the last two years, I've wanted her on this podcast, but it was too shy to ask. So we have Kendra on with us. Hello. My lovely <laughs> and very wonderful roommate. She's pretty great. She is pretty great. Um, yeah, so... I'm really excited about today. Um, this is a topic that I'm becoming more passionate about as I mature in my walk with God, which is a weird sentence. I don't know. I just, the word <laughs> mature and me just don't go in a sentence. Well, a few normally, years ago, and... you probably never would have thought you'd be saying something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. This has like been a week of like reflection on the past four years of my life. And so mature is just a weird sentence to come out of it, but I think it's accurate. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. So. Anyway. Yeah. So, obviously, we start with the famous question, Aaron, what are we drinking? So that's a really good question. It is a good question. And when I made the coffee this morning, I definitely looked at the bag and I thought, okay, I'm going to remember that. And then I promptly forgot. But then I looked at Travis's list and I think it's the Sadamo. I'm sorry, Travis. I think it's the Ethiopia Sadamo mm-hmm. that has hints of... Blueberry, lemon, lemon verbena. I don't know what that word is. Verbena is a, it's a plant. Oh. So it's kind of like a lemony, it has a lemony thing to it. It's like a flower. It is a flower. Oh, okay. It's an annual, actually. It's a very cute plant. Uh, I worked in a greenhouse. I know some plants. Anyways, lemon verbena, chocolate, and brown sugar are the notes. And you know what? Based on what I'm tasting here... I think that's accurate. It's a mystery. Anyways, it's delicious. buy yeah. Metal Art Coffee. All of them are delicious. This is because this, this is, is good. This is phenomenal. This is like a nice. I wish I was eating breakfast right now because like, it would pair really well. with Especially because I know that breakfast is my favorite breakfast. I wish I was French eating toast. coffee cake. Mm. I made coffee cake last night. It was gone in about ten seconds. Yeah. Like it, it vanished. Yeah, and it would pair it so nicely with it the brown would. sugar in it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, we're having French toast for breakfast, and so now I'm wishing that we were drinking this with our French toast. Well, but you could you could savor it, or you could, could drink it. I'm just going to drink it. I am too, because but why would I wait? Yeah, no, it's, We could make more it's, coffee. That's true. We can, we can do all the things. Anyways. <laughs> so, I have a... Last night, we did one of those PowerPoint presentation things that are kind of trending on TikTok. We decided to do that. And wait, that's a TikTok trend? And Instagram. What? I haven't been on Instagram in months, Pam. It's big on Instagram. Well, I haven't been on Instagram. You asked me for a PowerPoint night and I thought you just came up with it. No. No, I saw it on Instagram and it looked like a good time. Okay, well, it was a good time. Anyways. Anyways. Didn't know I was following a trend. Yeah, it was fun. It was disgusting. Did you enjoy yourself? I enjoyed myself immensely. Yeah. Trends. Trends are fun sometimes. (laughs) So we did this these powerpoints that were all entirely satire and came really? up, mine was not satire at all do you want to look present your opinions and look our theology professor in the eye and tell him that no yeah i don't <laughs> so we took opinions that were very unfounded and made five point presentations i had a lot of facts to back mine up all of those facts what was your presentation on aaron <laughs> 
<laughs> it was titled coffee is a spiritual discipline and why coffee is the holiest drink i know i talked about that once on the podcast before that was off the cuff like i hadn't thought about that at all this was with a good 10 minutes of thinking and skimming wikipedia it was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. I went through the whole Bible and proved where coffee has shown up throughout all of our history. Exactly. Abraham was actually the inventor of coffee. Yep. Absolutely. Can't believe I just Clearly. said this on the yeah. podcast. Travis, I didn't actually mean it. It was satire. It was satire. Anyway, so we did this with a lot of opinions that are entirely unfounded. And so I felt like we should discuss... What are some opinions that we have that are entirely unfactual, unfounded, and unlikely, but we just hold to anyway? I'm going first then? Yeah, you are. Well, shoot. Okay, well, like, I don't think it's unfounded. I think I could, I don't know. There's, there's enough mystery in shrouding it that no one can actually tell me, no, here's the evidence to prove that you're wrong. Okay, um, and also a lot of this is C.S. Lewis-inspired big shock. I firmly believe that things like fairies and tr- like trolls that kind of, like dwarves of that sense in like very mythical-esque like things that Tolkien writes about I believe they existed at one point dragons for sure I believe existed mm-hmm. fire breathing lizards that actually has a lot of backing to it that's not quite as unfounded as people think it is and then but then like things I don't know there's just enough mystery around it that it's kind of like no one can really prove to me. I mean, it's people made things up to explain things away, um, to, to try and figure that out. And then in the age of reason, we're like, well, all of that is obviously garbage because mm. now we have science to prove things. But when they threw out fairies and, and dwarves and all those kinds of things, they also threw out Jesus. So, like, can you take that opinion? <laughs> Just to prove their arguments are kind of stupid. <laughs> so my argument seems less stupid. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Fairies and Jesus. <laughs> I'm not equating them, but I'm just saying they threw out faith too. Okay. You know, and like, yeah. I don't think there's room for things like that now, but I think there's a whole long spiel I could go into. We won't well, go into won't. it now. I'm just going to let you all think I'm crazy, but you know what? If I explained it to you, you would definitely think I was crazy. Absolutely, I would. If you don't already. So, yeah. Fair enough. I okay. What do you believe in, Pam? Because you're oh, looking so like you're things. mocking me. But <laughs> so many things. I believe in cryptids. I believe in like weird stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. <laughs> my personal favorite argument that I love to have that I know is false and completely unfounded is that coconuts are mammals. <laughs> and I love, I love this conversation so much because a, it just baffles people enough that they have to ask why, because. It's not something you can ignore when you ask someone a question and they're like, you know what? Coconuts are mammals. Like, that doesn't that doesn't come out of nowhere, so you have to ask. It always leads to people laughing. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's always my MO. This, this comes up. The PowerPoint night comes up because that's what, that's what one, one of, of the PowerPoints was, was on. <laughs> because all of, it was for Pam's bachelorette. Yep. Well, it was a co-ed bachelorette. It was just a party. Party celebrating me. And one person, Jillian Holochuk... Blessed woman did one on coconuts, coconuts and mammals. And, mammals. Mm-hmm. and she did a very good job. Yeah, she did. She told the whole sto- life story of a coconut. <laughs> a beautiful life story. It was very touching. It was so There good. wasn't a dry eye in the room. No. And then she, at the end of that, she said, well, see, first, coconuts are mammals because A, they have hair, B, they produce milk, which is superior 
to dairy. <laughs> sorry. I, I believe that. I'm actually. sorry, Luke Bittner. I know you're listening. And <laughs> I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, and also they migrated to Maui. No one, there's no evidence that anybody brought them there. They just kind of showed up there. Um, they weren't native. And then they were there, and nobody could get rid of them. So that's fun. Also, they are... I read one time that in emergency situations, you can use coconut water as a replacement for hemoglobin when you're doing a blood transfusion. Wow. Like, if someone's lost a lot of blood... So they can give a blood transplant? Yeah. Like, you can just give, like... You can use coconut as a, as a substitute because of, it has, like, similar... So then qualities. does this change how often we consume coconut? Because we kind of, like, rip it apart, shred its insides, drink its milk. No. There's no ethical ramifications well, to this? <laughs> there are, but, like, you you don't, like, you don't, you cut it apart first. Like, mm. like you it, butcher it first. Yeah. So that like kills an animal. It. Okay. So, yeah. But, like, you also used to be vegan, Pam. So, did vegan you have coconut ever? Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, so was, you were going against this your was former... like a new realization for me. Okay, I think this is actually what changed I'm just making me from sure not we're being... not overlooking. Yeah, animal rights. No, and that's fair. I this is kind of what like changed my mind. <laughs> the look on Kendra's face, just like she never thought she. <laughs> this is in, all in a case joke, you don't know. Way. We're all very big animal rights activists. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, so, yeah totally. The hunter. Like, <laughs> I definitely don't shoot animals while they're just living their lives, enjoying. In fact, their time. I just bought a pair of vegan shoes this week. <laughs> did you actually? She really did. I, did. I don't I think because they were vegan. You know what? They, they were cheap. cheap. They were cheap, <laughs> and they were. You know what? That's fine. I support you wholeheartedly. I don't actually believe that, but like when you say coconuts are mammals to people, they have to argue with you because yeah exactly but you know what i think it'd be funnier to argue with an animal rights activist who uses coconut as a replacement for things to argue that coconuts are mammals i would love to see them squirm on that because now it's like well now you've got all these ethical ramifications that would be hilarious i think they would just probably find a vegan they would probably spit on me but (laughs) i i just think it's you would spit on you if you heard yourself talking i would have but it's just really funny because like it's just so obscure how do you get to that point yeah, and so yeah, it just makes for a fun conversation. Brilliant. Okay, view I hold that might be false. Although honestly, I think this is more true than false. But I am anti-milk. I believe that milk, as it is produced from cows, is not good for the human digestive system. I've heard this, and I will hold this belief until the day I die. My children will not have milk from a cow. All right. Are you being serious? Yes. I actually actually <laughs> that's not. I've I've heard that before. Wow. <laughs> Especially like and like my grandma believes this cuz like it's been processed so much. Yes, and it becomes and, like, very acidic. Okay, but that's not the cow milk fault. That's the people also, doing things like, just cow gen- milk fault. Genetic mutation on like just like slowly or like mm. we just can't consume it the way that we used to anymore. I think if you just drink milk straight from a cow, we'd be fine. Because I basically do that because I live near a creamery. Go find your local creamery, folks, and support them because they're awesome. All they do is heat up the milk to kill bacteria, and that's it. That's the whole process is they heat it up, and then they serve it to you. But for us city folk, we'll just continue having coconut milk. Coconut milk. (laughs) I love coconut milk so much, and you can't even change my mind. (laughs) I love coconut milk. It's so watery. (laughs) I hate coconut milk so much. It also does not steam properly. I mean, yeah. You know, and, like, lattes are such a big, important part of my life. 
Oh, Kendra. You can't even keep a straight face. It's hilarious. It's so good. Okay, right. so... That was our that was our joke for the day. That was a very long. I hope that you feel blessed by our chaos and that you also think about opinions that you have are unfounded and embrace them because they're mm-hmm. fun. You know what? Yeah, use them to baffle a few people today. Yeah, you will be thoroughly blessed. By also, it. if you have a conversation with someone about coconuts being mammals, please tell me because I want to know what happens. Really, mm-hmm. this is like a lesson in standing your ground. You know what? Like, if you have an opinion. Don't just, don't just waffle when people challenge you on it. Like, stand firm, make up something, and move on. Like, like make them question their entire existence. Obviously. That is the lesson here. That's what we do. So, in <laughs> relation to that, today we're talking about prayer. Oh my goodness. That was the worst segue. <laughs> here we go. Standing your ground. How do you stand firm in your faith, Pam? Through prayer. Without making up facts. Without making things up. No, okay. You don't have to make anything up here. You have just, the word of just God. Just that caveat. That there. little caveat, slightly mm-hmm. different, but stand firm in your faith. But you know what? Some people might look at you and say, you believe in Jesus? There's no founding for that. Why would you hold such an opinion? And you can say, actually, there's lots of founding. Here's this big book called the Bible, <laughs> and it tells you everything you need to know about him, and I believe in him wholeheartedly. Stand your ground. And pray, and now we're going to talk about prayer. See, it it lines up perfectly. And it, we did this intentionally. It, it came to you eventually. It just, I got there it, eventually. It, it worked uh-huh. out. I just made that up. But you know what? It is actually, I still stand by it. All right. Here's an opinion I hold. I'm proud. I'm going to stand by. I'm proud. Thank you. Um. So, yeah, we invited Kendra to talk about prayer. She's someone who has really, men, you don't take compliments well. This part's going to be weird for you. She's someone who is oh, so scared. <laughs> she's really encouraged my walk with God in terms of prayer. She's someone who um, I've really admired, just her passion for prayer and her um, commitment to helping others pray about more than just the basics. Like, you know, you don't just pray at meals. You really have an attitude of prayer and a desire for prayer. And that's something that has really encouraged my walk over the last few years knowing her. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about that. So, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this topic. Pam and I were talking a little bit yesterday (laughs) because I was not always passionate about prayer. In fact, growing up, I was probably one of those people, yeah, that just saw prayer as being before meals and before bed. Mm -hmm. Um, When something comes up like my aunt had cancer, Mm -hmm. it's like we pray about those things. But as far as, like, little life things... Prayer didn't really have a space in my life for that. Um, So yeah, it wasn't until um, I was uh, in university in Saskatoon and I had met this group of Christians that did Christian type activities (laughs) on the university campus. (laughs) That sounded weird. It was it was called Power to Change. It was a Christian campus club. But anyways, some of these students would gather in the mornings to pray before classes at like 730 a.m. So like awful hour to be alive, but they would gather and pray. And so they invited me to start doing this with them. And so I'd like pop in once in a while. I was not committed to waking up every morning at 7.30 to pray with them. Um, But when I came, I was just always blown away because like, these were busy people. Like the one girl was in med school, like two of the guys like were in engineering and were like, always doing homework till all hours of the night. Yet somehow they saw the importance of coming at 7.30 a.m., to a random arts classroom at the university and praying with like 
other students. And so that like really fascinated me. Um, and as I like began to pray with them more, I was like, wow, like these people actually believe like the things we're praying for. It was mostly about university um, students at that time. Like they believed that God was going to answer, that God was going to bring their friends to salvation, <laughs> that God like was going to move on our campus. And I just think that was like really formative for me to like see the like how other people believed in the power of prayer. And I don't know, there's this quote, I don't know who said it, but that prayer isn't taught, it's caught. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exactly what happened with me. Like, I wasn't taught that prayer was important. I caught it spending more time with those people. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of where my journey began. <laughs> Love that. Interesting like, concept, because I think that's kind of what happened with me. Like, obviously, I hadn't been a Christian very long when I got here, but... At Miller, we do prayer force, which is basically a weekly prayer meeting um, every Tuesday. Where every other Tuesday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every other Tuesday. We can ask Kendra. She's the prayer force leader. <laughs> yeah, she, she's the coordinator this year and last year. And yeah, so we met once every two weeks or so, and we would just pray for random, random things. And I was in a group with someone the last two years who just fascinated me with how fervent he was in prayer and how passionate he was about prayer. Um, like, for me, prayer was just kind of like, in prayer force, I would say a couple sentences and then be like, okay, done. And this guy just was so, like, he was the picture of humility and boldness before the throne of God. Mm -hmm. And it baffled me to just watch him, like, you could tell he, he knew that he was approaching a holy God. You could tell that. But then he would just, like, be praying with such authority for, like, healing for people around the world, for missionaries. And I just kind of sat there, like, how can, how can you just do that? Do you know who mm -hmm. you're talking to? Like, <laughs> and so... I think that was kind of what started my interest in prayer, just, like, seeing just the relationship that came out of it with him and God. Mm. It was really interesting because I never thought of prayer as a relationship before. Right. It was just so, like, is there, like, how would you describe prayer as an aspect of a Christian walk? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. And one thing I just want to mention, mm -hmm. like, how like spending time praying with this guy, like encourage mm -hmm. your prayer life. I think prayer is something that is meant to be done in community. Mm -hmm. Like we talk a lot about having like a secret prayer life, which totally we need that because it is a relationship between us and the Lord and talking with him. But like I found for myself, like seasons of prayer that have been really impactful have been like when other friends have mm -hmm. like entered into that season with me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we, we all have this burden on our heart to pray about something, but we want to pray about it together. And so yeah, I see prayer being important because um, it does connect us with God and it's a part of like abiding in him and recognizing that like we need to be dependent on mm -hmm. him, that we can't do even basic things in our day without him. Mm -hmm. But then there's also this part of prayer that it like forms this close fellowship with other believers mm -hmm. when we're praying for each other and with each other in a way that like few other things do like like when you serve with someone that binds you mm -hmm. as well like mm -hmm. when you go through something hard with someone but when you're praying with someone and like you know that person's praying for you it's just like this spiritual connection that's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. 
really beautiful too. Mm-hmm. It sounds so mystical, and in a sense, it <laughs> kind of is. But like the same spirit in all of us, mm-hmm. yeah. and like the same spirit encouraging us all to pray for the same mm-hmm. thing, and we all pour out our hearts in that. Like I've seen mm-hmm. so many times where it's like you pray around in a circle, and when everyone is fervent mm-hmm. and and attentive to the Holy Spirit and what mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's leading them to pray for, you can go through and just see how how powerful all of our words combined. Mm-hmm. Like, it just mm-hmm. tells a whole story of, like, mm-hmm. everyone's heart is just focused on this one thing together. And it is mm-hmm. really an incredible blessing from the Lord that we can have community with one another in that way. Yeah. Totally. Like, yeah. I think, too, like, because of, like, I don't know, would... I'm just speculating, but I think we haven't been properly taught what prayer is. Mm-hmm. Because... I would agree with that. Like, we don't see it as something that's powerful. We don't see it as something that we're supposed to do. You go to weekly prayer meetings at most churches and they're empty. Hmm. And, like, well, because they're boring. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to throw that out there. I've been to exciting prayer meetings and I've been to boring prayer meetings. You know what? That's fair. We need less of the boring. We do. Amen. (laughs) That's why I don't like prayer meetings, because I get bored and my mind wanders, and then I'm like, well, and then I feel bad because I'm supposed to be praying and I just can't focus because it's so boring. (laughs) So how do we, like, how do we properly educate people on the power of prayer? Oh my goodness, that's a big question. I don't know if we can answer that here. Go for it. Try (laughs) your best. Educating people on the power of prayer. (laughs) Well, she's so lit up. She looks so excited. I think the biggest thing with this is that we're just like really hypocritical in how we mm-hmm. talk about prayer. And what I mean by that is like the average Christian, like in our churches mm-hmm. or like at Bible college, they would say prayer is powerful, right? Mm-hmm. And we can rattle off all these quotes like prayer changes things mm-hmm. like or we can tell stories about like God, how God has answered prayer mm-hmm. like and big prayers in our life. But then by our actions, we show that prayer isn't actually Mm -hmm. that powerful Mm -hmm. because if we actually thought it was we would be praying more or Mm -hmm. like yeah we'd be desiring that and so it's kind of this like catch-22 that like in our words we say it's powerful but in our conduct we're not showing that Mm -hmm. it is um and I think also like a lot of people hold a lot of like insecurity and maybe like shame around Mm -hmm. their prayer life because I know for myself personally like I just look at other people in the faith that have these awesome prayer lives Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh my goodness, how can they just like sit down and pray for Mm -hmm. hours on end? Or like, how are they disciplined enough to like have a list of like 10 family members they pray for every day? Like, Mm -hmm. I am not structured like that in my prayer life. (laughs) And so we look at other people and it becomes this comparing thing. And Mm -hmm. so then we get discouraged Mm -hmm. and it's like, man, like I'll never pray like that person or I'll never be disciplined Mm -hmm. like that person. And so then it can be like this attitude of like, well, then I... I just won't do it at all. Or like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to be good enough, quote unquote, instead of seeing it that like prayer is this relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to admit that there is a disconnect. That's like, hey, mm-hmm. we believe prayer is powerful, but we're not treating it like it's powerful. Mm-hmm. But like, we want to grow in that. Mm-hmm. We want to like actually pray about everything mm-hmm. and like see the power work. Um, yeah. But in that recognizing, like it can't be something like we just muster up trying mm-hmm. to do by ourselves. <clears throat> Because in that, then it just becomes, like, this work-based thing of, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get better at prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I do believe prayer has power, so I guess I got to show it in, like, praying for five hours a day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be like that. And mm-hmm. um, I think another thing that's important to recognize is, like, 
prayer can be like a throughout the day without ceasing Mm -hmm. prayer. And the Bible talks about that. And sometimes we don't like to talk about that because that sounds even more scary. Like, what do you mean pray without ceasing, Paul? Mm -hmm. Like, I need to be down on my hands and knees just like Mm 24-7 and never sleep. And it's like, no, that's not what he meant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so someone who's like encouraged me and like the praying without ceasing aspect is um, a little monk from the 1500s named Brother Lawrence. Mm-hmm. He wrote Practicing the Presence of God. Little plug for that book. I will lend it to you if you want it. <laughs> but um, Brother Lawrence just like had this really cool attitude that like whatever he was doing, he would just like be talking with God. And so it was like him washing dishes at a monastery. And as he was washing dishes, he was just like thanking the Lord for the beautiful day outside and just Mm -hmm. like, oh Lord, like it's so cool that I can wash these dishes and be doing this for you. (laughs) And just like really simple prayers. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so I think like there's like the big, powerful, Mm -hmm. life-changing part of prayer, but Mm -hmm. there's also just like the relational Mm -hmm. talking with God throughout the day Mm -hmm. prayer. And I think like growing in that part of prayer, like that fuels that intimacy with the Lord that leads into like the boldness to ask the bigger Mm -hmm. prayers. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's something we definitely need to like practice and work at, like practicing the presence Mm -hmm. of God because it doesn't come naturally. Like Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of us, it's more natural to talk to ourselves like we joke about rather than like actually directing our thoughts Mm -hmm. towards God throughout the day. Mm -hmm. But like starting there can be really formative yeah totally oh I love that I love that so much like yeah that's been a huge part of my life like in the last couple years learning is like (coughs) I don't know I used to be someone who was like I don't want to bother God with this Mm -hmm. like he's got more important Mm -hmm. things to do than this little teeny thing and our culture really fosters we want to be independent right for sure very much so so that community aspect we we fight against because well we don't want to bother other people right Mm -hmm. they're dealing with their own thing Mm -hmm. we think oh well my thing isn't important enough to bother them, but to live in community and to be able to encourage one another in the body, we have to humble, be humble in the presence mm-hmm. of other believers and say, hey, I would love prayer for this. And it can be something small. And I guarantee in a group of faithful believers, they'd say, absolutely. We'd mm-hmm. love to pray for you in that. Like we want yeah. to, they'd want to help mm-hmm. you along if it, mature believers, right? Mm-hmm. They would never despise you for that. And then for the daily thing, like how small is your God if he can't attend to your little daily life? Right. Mm -hmm. It's like God Mm -hmm. is so much bigger than we give him credit for. Mm -hmm. And I think that's I don't know. That's been a big formative thing in my prayer life is like realizing how huge God is. And Mm -hmm. that's how I try and start my prayers. It's like, Lord, you are so much bigger. Like, I'm so small that you would actually listen to me. And yet Mm -hmm. I know that you do. And then and then start Mm -hmm. your prayer because it's just it just puts that's what you're talking Mm -hmm. about, like the boldness and the humility. Mm come humbly before God. And then you're like, yeah, and God listens to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. It's all grace. And then mm-hmm. you just, then you can pray in boldness because you know mm-hmm. that a gracious God is listening who's big enough to hear mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that you brought up that point on like humility. Like we need humility to mm-hmm. ask others for prayer, but also humility, like to pray the small things. Cause sometimes it is because of like independence mm-hmm. and like thinking we got it on our own. It's like, mm-hmm. nope, like I got this day. I got these conversations. No, I don't you don't. Help God, <laughs> but we need his help. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I think that's hard for North American culture because mm-hmm. like we do sometimes have this air even within the church mm-hmm. of like, I can do it. And mm-hmm. that's why sometimes we do only pray for like the bigger things because we feel like, oh, I can do the small things by mm-hmm. myself without recognizing like we can't mm-hmm. even breathe without ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, what? what? Oh, wait, we can't breathe without God's help. Sorry. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> that didn't come out right. 
figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> figured it out. It's like you, you even had the thought to pray about mm-hmm. something. You think you brought that up on your own? Or was that the mm-hmm. spirit, like, um, leading you to pray? Mm-hmm. You didn't think to pray by yourself. Mm-hmm. No, because we're wretched people who run from God naturally. Mm-hmm. Right? We want to not talk to him because he's holy and we're not. So if you even felt led to pray, that wasn't you. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, like, I don't know. Maybe that scares people away from praying more. It shouldn't because you're, like, he's holy mm-hmm. and he's mighty. Yeah. And he's so much bigger than we could ever comprehend. Mm-hmm. And we'll spend the rest of eternity trying to figure mm-hmm. him out mm-hmm. and learning all about him. Mm-hmm. I love, that's how Armstrong ended his class on Friday. He was saying, mm-hmm. like, we'll spend the rest of eternity with Jesus telling us how great mm-hmm. the Father is. Mm-hmm. And it will take all of eternity for him to tell us. Mm-hmm. So start with that. It's like, oh, but he, so then he'll, he, and then our thought with that is like, well, then he'd never want to listen to me. It's like, oh, but then he does. Yeah. And we know he does because there's testimony of it mm-hmm. and we feel the spirits leading to pray, right? Mm-hmm. Like what, what in us makes us want to yeah. f- throw ourselves on the mm-hmm. mercy of God who could just smite us at any moment for our disobedience. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, and he listens to me and, and he loves me. What? And then, mm-hmm. then you go into prayer. Like, that's how you pray with humility yeah. and boldness. Like, yeah. it's not it's not a formula. It's practiced mm-hmm. and you read and you have to be mm-hmm. steeped in scriptures and <laughs> attentive to the spirit, right? And mm-hmm. um, that kind of makes it sound like prayer is a little bit of work sometimes. Like, do you think <laughs> prayer will always come, like, naturally mm-hmm. and no. easily? <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I usually do when I first look, mm-hmm. first wake up in the morning? I go on my phone mm-hmm. and look and see, well, what's, what's the weather? Or, yeah. like, check my social media, right? And I've had to practice and have had to work. It's yeah. like, before I pick up my phone, talk to God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Start your. I want to try and start and end my day mm-hmm. it, with the Lord. Mm-hmm. My day might be busy and I might forget to be with it in constant prayer. I might not get on my knees mm-hmm. throughout the day. But I want to start and end it yeah. with him. Yeah. That's why I love being your roommate. Because often you and I read our Bibles at night. And we just mm-hmm. sit in the room and we're just both. Mm-hmm. It's like we're together, but we're not talking to each mm-hmm. other. We're just both yeah. steeped in scripture we don't always do it, but when we do, I really love it. Just That's saying. Cool. Yeah. Like, we just kind of sit there and you've got like <laughs> the steamer thing, whatever, that like makes the room smell nice. Oh, nicer. dear. <laughs> you're, you're one of those people. One of those no, people. well. <laughs> <laughs> Only recently. Anyways, but like, we're just both. It just, mm-hmm. It's a connection thing, right? It's yeah. like how you mm-hmm. connect to other believers. It's very cool. And it's also like, it really does impact your relationship with mm-hmm. God. Like, I used to think of it as just, like, a list of something you do. Mm. Whereas, like, I don't know, last year, as I became more excited about prayer, it was it was genuine excitement because I was able to talk to my Heavenly Father. Mm. It wasn't just, like, a empty words. It was, like, I remember, like, just calling out to God, like, if mm. I was in pain or, or if I was, in, like, hurting or if I was happy and just, like, yeah. it, it was... You know, I kind of compare it to, like, talking to my fiancé. When something happens, I want to go tell him. I, mm-hmm. I, I will text him. I will spam him with stupid calls that probably bother him during his work schedule. And it just, like... Whatever. He loves I, <laughs> I need to... Well, he started muting his phone on me. You know, so, I don't know. But, like, I just... I need to tell him because he's mm-hmm. a big part of my life. And so much more when something happens... I want to turn to God, yeah. which 
it, it's something that grew. It didn't start out like that. But as I became closer with God, the prayer just at the same time, it did naturally come out of that. Like it was work, but at the same time, it was, it was a supernatural work where as I grew to love God more, I needed to talk to him. It was, it wasn't just a, oh yeah, I got to get on my knees and got to, got to talk about this and this and this. It was a, I, I, I feel like I need God for whatever this is in my life. Mm-hmm. And whether it be big or small, it was it was a relationship aspect. It was talking to the one who could hold all my burdens right. instead of just me being, okay, yeah, I'll I'll go through my checklist, you know, every that acronym that my church taught me when I was a kid, I'll just go through that acronym and then I'm good to go. It wasn't like that anymore. Yeah. And I think that's a challenge with prayer because like prayer mm-hmm. is relational. Like we pray to get to know God. It's not just mm-hmm. about getting things. But then there's the other part where it's like you don't have cuz you don't mm-hmm. ask. Mm-hmm. And so like we know that like prayer mm-hmm. is this tool to like ask God for mm-hmm. these things we need, but also it is just like spending time with him. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, that's a challenge in every believer's life. Yeah. It's just like figuring out that balance of like, "Okay, Lord, I want to just want to talk mm-hmm. with you and mm-hmm. be with you. But also you tell me I can ask things. Mm-hmm. And so how do I do both those things without it turning into mm-hmm. like just treating God like a genie in the bottle yeah. and mm-hmm. asking for three wishes? Or sometimes then people don't ask God for anything because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, like I don't want to like be presumptuous. But mm-hmm. like we need both sides. Mm-hmm. And knowing like the character of God is then that's like that's how you focus in on mm-hmm. that. It's like mm-hmm. and that's only through scripture reading about mm-hmm. learning who God is. Um, that's the only way you can keep that kind of balance in check, right? Is just who, who really am I talking to? If I forget who I'm talking to, mm-hmm. then I might be presumptuous or I might treat him like a genie. Mm-hmm. But if you read your script, if you're, you're reading your Bible and you're focusing on who he mm-hmm. is, well, you'll never be think, well, not never, but like you won't be thinking, oh, it's just a genie mm-hmm. because through scriptures you're like, well, obviously not. Yeah. 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 And like that re- closeness and relational aspect is something that's totally from the spirit. It is a huge gift. Like, I don't know, thinking mm-hmm. one of the hardest times of my life was when God felt far away mm-hmm. and when it seemed like my prayers just hit the ceiling and came straight back down. Yeah. And looking back, I think that that was a huge gift because it meant that that was a key aspect of my life. And when it seemed distant and when it seemed like God didn't hear me, that broke my heart. And I actually, now I can look back and thank God that that was the thing that broke my heart was Mm -hmm. that he seemed far away Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't have thought that on my own, right? That's only because I desired relationship with him, not on my own strength, but because of his spirit pointing Mm -hmm. me in that direction of like, it's like, no, you see, you feel what it's like to be far from me. Yeah. That's not, you don't want that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. It's like, I, yeah, it's kind of nice. It's like, oh, I wasn't living in rebellion. That's nice because I wanted God to be Mm -hmm. close. If I was living in rebellion, that was the that would have mm-hmm. been the last thing I wanted, right? Yeah. I think also, like, as we grow in our relationship with God, as we grow in maturity, as we grow in knowledge of Scripture, and as He shapes us, and we grow in an understanding of prayer, God gives us the desires of our heart, but that's because He's changed our heart's desires mm-hmm. to be more like His. So, like, when we pray, our prayers become less about our, you know, oh, I really want this car, or you just I dismantled the entire prosperity gospel in just a couple sentences. <laughs> I I should become a prosperity or a celebrity that just like dismantles prosperity gospel. That would be amazing. That would be so much fun. You know what? You probably won't become a celebrity from that. Yeah, I know. Just so you know. You know what? I think it'd be fun anyway. Um, 
just the problematic celebrity that fights everyone. I mean, I'm there's some of those. So you get banned from the Oscars for ten years. Excellent. That's my life goal now. Um, we went what there. Was what was I saying? Um, sorry. <laughs> now, now I'm just thinking about me like being just that problematic. Yeah, okay, you were saying um, um, God changes yeah. the desires and of your so heart. like as we pray, our our passion becomes less about like what God can do for us and more what we can do for God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And like we, it becomes less about praying for like things that just would make our life easier, and more about praying for things that would glorify God Mm -hmm. and that doesn't all that also doesn't eliminate praying for our daily lives like I remember last year I just like with my mental health and like a bunch of health stuff I was just I was literally praying okay God you got to get me to the dining hall like I can't walk there I can't get out of bed and he answered that prayer and the thing was he I think he answered it because at the end of the day glory went to him and not myself Mm. I made it to the dining hall. I made it out of bed. However, it was pretty clear to all my friends and to myself that I didn't get there mm-hmm. by myself. It was because God was like, Kate, we'll, we'll, get you, we'll get you out of bed. And that brought him more glory mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So when our passion is to glorify God and then... He he not only answers our p- prayers, but he does it more extravagantly than we could ever imagine. And I think, like, the power of prayer, like, we think, when we think of the power of prayer, we think of insane things. Like, people, like, getting, we just talked about uh, charismatic, uh, not charismatic, but... Um, Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. And we think of like Azusa Street where just insane things were happening. Healing because of prayer and tongues and, yeah. you know, like revival, like we've never seen before kind of vibe. When even getting out of bed is like, that can bring God just as much glory. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if it's clear that it's his strength in us. And sometimes we think like if it's not the big things, our prayer isn't getting answered. But he he loves us enough to hear our prayer and be like, yeah, I'll help you out of bed and I'll help you get your assignment done. I'll help you make it through today because my grace is sufficient and my power is made perfect in your weakness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an aspect of prayer that we forget. We think if our prayer isn't going to be answered extravagantly, then it's not going to be answered or it's not worth being prayed. When God can be glorified through any aspect of life. Yeah. Yes. It's totally like with the idea from Acts, in him we live and move mm-hmm. and have our being, mm-hmm. right? And prayer mm-hmm. centers in yeah. on living like mm-hmm. that, that in him we live and move and have mm-hmm. our being. Yeah. No, that's, that's beautiful, Pam. I think, yeah, prayer, prayer does change us mm-hmm. as much as prayer mm-hmm. changes things. It changes the mm-hmm. one who is praying those prayers and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, just realizing we can um, ask God for things and come before Mm -hmm. him. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing and something we'll be learning about while we're here on earth for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. The paraphrasing C.S. Lewis. (laughs) Are you intentionally paraphrasing C.S. Lewis? It was an unintentional Unintentional? Okay. (laughs) Doesn't change God. Not everything is a C.S. Lewis reference, Aaron. Well, that was... (laughs) Because he literally said, I pray day and night, waking and sleeping, it doesn't change God, it changes me. Mm. 
There you go. That's the direct quote. I lost my shoe <laughs> under this table, so I'm just going to crawl under the table. Got it. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, Great radio, Pam. <laughs> I'm trying my best, okay? Yeah. So I think that's about all the time we have. But thank you so much for this. I'm actually just really encouraged. Yep. So this was a great conversation. Yeah. Getting together to talk about prayer. I know how yeah. it's changed our lives. We didn't really like warn Kendra at all about what we were going to ask her. I was like, ah, oh, Kendra, it's things you rant about all the time. Yeah. You'll be fine. And, and we were right. Were. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, you will be able to figure these off. Yeah. Off. It's, it's been good. And I'm happy. And I'm going to go pray for a little bit, I think. And it's going to be good. But be blessed in the most chaotic way possible. And enjoy your coffee.